Hello and welcome to the Thank You X podcast. I'm Grace, a hopeless romantic you have probably never heard of. And that's totally fine because this podcast is not about me. It is about relationships and explores them a little bit differently, where I speak to two exes about their story, what happened, where they are now, and we take a moment to reflect and show gratitude for the mark they left on each other. At the end of each episode, I will further discuss some important takeaways with the wonderful psychologist and couples counsellor, Marie Claire. Today, I'm sitting down with the lovely Paige and Sam, a pairing that came together in high school way back when. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Thank you, X. I've got Paige and Sam with me. Now, you two dated in high school. Before we jump into it, I'm going to take it back and paint a picture of 15-year-old Sam and Paige. So I'm going to set the scene. It's 2013. There are two new words added to the dictionary, selfie and twerk. You two are in year nine. I want to hear in your own words what you were like. Were you confident? Were you anxious? What were your interests? Did you have an awkward phase? What did you do when you got home from school? I'll start with Sam. Um, I played a lot of Xbox. Yeah. That was pretty much all I did as I played a lot of Xbox with my mates. I don't know. I was probably pretty shy for that reason, but also just, yeah, I don't know. I was fine, I think. Just yeah. cruising at that point. Yeah. Didn't have too many worries, which was nice. And you went to Xavier College, is that correct? Yep. Awesome. So you, private school boy. Yeah. We're private school girls. <laughs> gaming. Yep. Had you ever dated anyone before? No. I didn't have, like, I don't think I had any, like, female friends at that point. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pivot to Paige. So we actually went to the same all-girls school together. However, I didn't really know you at all until well after school, I'd say. So yeah. you can give me a little bit of insight. What did you do after school? What were your interests? Who were you back then? Um, I can't quite remember, but I know I was into Tumblr quite a bit. And I don't know, I brought my diary along today and it's got all these little quotes and drawings <laughs> from Tumblr. <laughs> it's very like aesthetic focused, I guess. Um, I did a lot of art and yeah. I think I was a bit like nerdy deep down, but really like trying to please people quite a bit still. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're an incredible artist now, I can imagine. You did a lot of art back then too, but I wasn't sure. So. Yeah, no, I did. I, I don't know whether I was like shy or not, really. <laughs> Easy. So we have Gamer Boy Sam mm-hmm. and Tumblr Girl Paige. <laughs> so two separate schools. I just want to know how did these two worlds collide? How did you guys meet? Um, well, one of my friends invited me to a house party of one of his primary school friends um, who also went to the same primary school as Paige. So we were both at the same so you met at a party? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Do you have a first impression of each other? Um, very, very brief one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think I might have just walked past you. And yeah. That would have been- I think I just thought he was cute and we didn't talk because <laughs> <laughs> we were in year nine. <laughs> yeah. That was the entirety of that interaction, yeah. I think, that night. Yeah. Definitely. Like nerves take over you when you're young. As, uh, as you said, your first relationship. Paige, mm. I think you dated someone previously to this. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Probably, but we're all still young. We're very nervous. So we have entered our relationship. You start dating. You're loved up and probably planning your wedding with babies and who knows because we're very invested back then. But 
<laughs> Do you remember any special memories or specific milestones, like your first kiss or something like that? Paige, you mentioned diary entries, so I'm sure. I do. Yeah, I do have a diary entry. I yeah. revised it last night because I actually didn't remember much, but apparently we had our first kiss watching I Am Legend. <laughs> so Great wow. movie. And I said I was very happy with it. So <laughs> Lots of smiley faces. Lots of smiley faces and love hearts in there, which is good. Definitely. Yeah. So how often did you guys hang out? I feel like it was quite a bit. It, yeah, it would have been pretty often, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I, I didn't like being at home that much, and so I would go to yours and then we'd hang out just, I, from what yeah. I remember, just doing nothing, just sitting. <laughs> I think I was pretty excited to, like, be dating someone. I was like, oh, my God, yay. Yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a huge deal. Mm. So how often did you guys communicate? This is the up-and-coming time of social media. Mark Zuckerberg has just become, you know, a zillionaire or whatever. Sure. And we have the the intricate other form of communicating, the love letters. <laughs> yeah, lots of letters. <laughs> lots of letters. See, I yeah. think this would be different to most relationships, at least, that I can think of because, you know, mm. love letters are really intimate. They're really cute. Like, how often did you send letters to each other? I don't remember exactly how often it was. I don't even really remember how it started either. I have, like, in here, I was, when I was reading it in my diary, I worked out how it started. Apparently one of my friends in high school showed me a YouTube video where they wrote letters to, like, their loved True. ones. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely makes sense that, like, maybe you would have had the idea or you would have started it. Yeah, I think um, when you're both a bit awkward, yeah. <laughs> letters are a bit easier, I think, to send. And- it w- yeah, it was a good, I think it was a good way to, like, because the messages would have just been not small talk but more or less just like nothing too important and then if you had something important to say you'd put in a letter yeah which I think was nice mm. it was Sweet. so funny because you'd go I feel like I would go to your house and give you a letter physically and then you'd have to read it in front of me yeah. <laughs> yeah. not through the postal system no just it was like- still just as awkward as it would have been <laughs> if I just said what I was saying but like less awkward somehow that's nice yeah <laughs> Well, it's written, so you don't, yeah, you don't have to think about it anymore. You've <laughs> yeah, already, exactly, it's done. You've already put the work in. How would you describe your relationship in one word? I think it was cute. Cute. Yeah. Can I agree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. That is a good word. Novel. Novel. Okay, My novelty, God, different. <laughs> you know what they say? They say you never forget your first, so. That wasn't. <laughs> no, that's okay. We'll we'll pretend it is Sam's first. So Sam yeah. will never forget his first. And Aww. that's, you know, one of the <laughs> loveliest parts about you two as a story. But all in all, it sounds like you two had a very healthy, happy relationship. Um, but all relationships have their challenges. So dating in this age group in particular uh is actually very turbulent. We're faced with immense pressure in school. We obviously are still with our parents a lot and they're telling us to, you know, get better grades and our friends are asking, are you dating anyone? How many boys do you know? How many likes did you get on Facebook? And and all sorts of drastic changes and not even including puberty and like hormones and True. stuff to add to the balance. So I guess how was your relationship affected and what challenges arose for you two? Um, I think for me personally, I didn't, the main thing I remembered about this was that I had a lot of like mental health kind of realizations during this time and I didn't necessarily know how to approach them properly. Mm. Um, and so I think because Sam and I were so like connected and, you know, reliant on each other cause we were young, he had to kind of, um, 
deal with that, I guess, and yeah. be there yeah. for it. Yeah. 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 So I think there were a lot of pressures with like school and my parents and all of that stuff. And he kind of was like a little buffer for it or like mm. a little punching bag, not really <laughs> like physically, but like, you know, like I would go to him and rant and mm. he was really good about it, but I don't think it was necessarily the most like looking back, it wasn't the healthiest thing for a relationship. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I tend to like disagree just because it was like, it just was, it was very separate. I think I've said this, to, I said this to you before, but like that, the whole mental health thing was very separate from the relationship. And I like, I think that was always, it was very clear to me as well. Um, so like, while that was pretty intense at the time, like it was, I was happy to sort of at least be there and. Well, what I did, doing what I thought was sort of the right thing to do at the time, um, which was just sort of listen as much as I could. That's important. Yeah. That's a skill. Mm. Mm. When I think back to my high school experience, like one of the biggest things that I ran into is that I was obsessed with boys. I'm a hopeless romantic <laughs> and all I wanted really was a boyfriend and like there were arguments that arose with just my parents of like, should I even be dating yet? Like I should I, am I allowed to go out with a boy or have him in my house or whatever? Did you have any interactions with your parents in terms of <laughs> arguments about that? I didn't. Um, my parents, you know, put some Sam through some things. Uh, I don't know if it was the first time you were over at my house, but mm. I don't know if you remember the birds and the bees talk with my mum. No, I don't Oh Well, that. I remember it because <laughs> yeah. absolutely... Yeah horrifying for me in year nine um I think it was probably like the first or second time you'd hung out at my house and we had the door like ajar but not fully like open mm. because we were just hanging out and because there was nowhere else to sit on my, in my room there was a bed and so we sat on the bed and mum came in she's like you better leave the door open and oh, no. started telling us about the birds and the bees in a bit of an aggressive way and I was like oh mum please stop <laughs> But I I'm glad you don't remember that. She yeah, said she wanted I mean, to apologise to you about it next time she sees you, actually. <laughs> Gear up for that. I feel like I must have just been a really, like, sort of easygoing kid. Like, I, I mean, I can maybe, I can maybe, like, barely remember that, but I can't remember that being, like, a, you know, an event. Like, it was just sort of, I'll keep the door open. Like, yeah. in my brain, that was just like, oh, okay. I remember I'll being absolutely that's what, horrified. <laughs> that's what the parents want. That's what I got to do. So, yeah, I don't know. I was incredibly embarrassed, so I'm glad. That's <laughs> so funny. Mm. Okay, so we're going to fast forward a year and Sam has sent a sad message to Paige. It says, we need to talk. Paige, can you walk me through the breakup as you remember it and why do you think it happened? Um, my recollection of it was different to what I wrote in my diary. Mm. Um. <laughs> I'm glad we have this diary to fact some? check. Yeah, read some, Sam, absolutely. okay? Because I have a horrible memory. Um, <laughs> I really just remember being at... Um, Glen Ferry Station and being like, oh, well, that's it. But <laughs> let me check what I wrote. Yeah, so I wrote, today Sam sent me a message saying he needs to see me for a few minutes and have a chat. I think I know what that means. Fuck. <laughs> 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 I know what's coming tomorrow and Sam knows I know and I'm texting him like a normal person and we both know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and then it was just like me feeling like I had like two friends and then you and you were gone. And so I was like, I guess I have to find my other friends. And that was kind of it. But Okay, we'll talk about the actual breakup. So from yeah. your perspective, we get the text, we need to talk, you're going to meet him 
the next day? What happens from there? You mentioned a station. Glen Ferry Station, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember travelling there being like, oh, this is shit. But we decided on Glen Ferry Station because we didn't want to mm. do it at either of our houses. Yeah, that's right. Because then we'd have bad memories at places we might have to visit. <laughs> yeah. We actually planned this out as if we... Didn't. As if I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And this you- is a really well-planned <laughs> breakup. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, we were at Glen Ferry Station. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were sitting, I think, in Swinburne Uni on a park bench. Yeah. And then just, just went through the motions. I knew what was happening. He knew what was happening. He left. Mm-hmm. I just stayed there. I think I cried a bit and then went home. And it was all just like, okay. True. Dramatic ending to a beautiful relationship. <laughs> So can you give us some insight as to why the relationship was over for you, Sam? Because you were the breakup. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's just very, like, I think, like, it was very, like, exciting, obviously, like, to be in a relationship. Like, I'd never been in one before. And, you, like, you're young and stuff. And then I think, for me, at least in my head, I was like, oh, this, like, we're more just, like, friends now. Like, I didn't want to be in, like, a relationship relationship at that like at that age or like but yeah I don't know they just sort of yeah lost that and I was like oh I shouldn't be in a relationship if I if that's not what it feels like yeah yeah mm. relationship turned friendship which yeah. is a common tale but what isn't a mm. common tale is a year for your first relationship like that's quite yeah. a significant amount of time <laughs> it was a while I think because we got along so well and we were mm. like naturally I think bound to be good friends. It was yeah. easy just to like stay in it and hang out the whole time. And then yeah, I mean I was like chill to call it a relationship because I didn't really care what was going on. It was cool to be in one. I remember, like at least for me as well cuz like first relationship and stuff. It was like really cool to like to trial a lot of like the romantic stuff and like yeah. writing letters and stuff like you don't talk to people like that. Yeah. Mm. Um so that was really exciting and a lot of fun. And you I always think. have someone to like bring to parties. Yeah, which <laughs> you is always cool have someone as well. just going to stick with you the whole time. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I always just loved hanging out with you. So, I mean, yeah, it was sad that I sort of had to break up. With you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like I stand, I stand by it. I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. I think now we're looking back on it, it yeah. makes a lot more sense because mm. what we were doing was friendship, pretty much just testing like year nine romantic stuff and then mm. realizing that we didn't want to do that with each other. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, how long did it take you to get over the breakup, Paige? I really don't remember. Um, I think it took me a while to get over the idea of not being able to message. Like I wrote this in my diary as well, like not being able to message you constantly mm. um, or like talk to you all the time. And that was really rough. And then I think it probably took me a few months and then I started dating another boy after that, like three months later, I think. True. So I think it was all right. I think because it was so friendship based, it was like sucked that we couldn't talk as much anymore. Yeah. But realistically, we both kind of had the same ideas of it and it was dramatic at the end. But then after a while, it kind of cooled down and I was like, fair enough. Mm. This is fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're an amazing artist. So did we get any amazing like artwork out of this breakup of just like dark, sad girl (laughs) in a room? (laughs) I don't know. I think at that time I didn't really draw anything but like faces. So I probably just drew a lot more, Mm. not necessarily like in relation to the thing, like the breakup, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
that I know of. There's just an entire series of just Sam's face. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> portraits. And he didn't under your bed. Yeah, yeah, and there's like little places where you've thrown darts into it. Yeah, yeah. shot it. Yeah, shot it. Yeah, big bullet holes. Absolutely. Mm. All right. So we'll talk about the reunion now. So as poetic as it would be for me to say that this is the first time you've spoken mm. since the breakup, that's just not the case. So mm-hmm. I'll set the scene again. Uh, Game, Game of Boy Sam and Emo Page, Emo Tumble Page, are no more. You both have graduated high school and have flourished into beautiful young adults, <laughs> barely crossing paths since year 10. Paige and I are at one of our girlfriend's housewarming parties. Sam, you can take over with how you came <laughs> to be at this party. When did you come here? <laughs> yeah. So it was a, it was a Sunday. Mm. Um, we get in the Uber and I'm like a little bit nervous because I'm, I'm going, I know like three people in this party really, like in the, yeah. in the Uber. I'm like, fuck, like um, this is intense. <laughs> and maybe it was just really obvious to me that I was like, I'm sure that like all of you guys were still quite close. Because I'd met, I feel like I'd met all of you at like some point. Yeah. Um. So I just, in my head, I was like, okay, cool. So like Paige is going to be there. Like the whole crew is going <laughs> to be there. It's going to be great. Um. And yeah, I mean, I think he told me very close to arriving as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, yeah. Into um, the lion's den. Yeah. So I was, I don't know. I, was, I mean, I was, I'm just, I'm just an anxious guy generally, but um, yeah, I don't know. I was, I had, I mean, I had sort of, an open mind. I was like pretty excited to see everyone again and just like see what kind of conversations would come out of it. <laughs> Did um, you speak? No, very briefly. I think we I think, like yeah. sat across a circle yeah. and spoke a little bit. And I remember being really, really drunk, just looking mm. up and Sam was there and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. definitely. I think, for, I think I was definitely a lot more like anxious about it than what actually came and no, happened seemed, was, yeah. you seemed very cool and calm and collected. And oh, I thought good, I was yeah. freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, because I think you were pretty drunk. So, like, um, <laughs> Paige, yeah, me. No. Too, you were pretty drunk. So, I think, like, to sort of like make my time a bit more comfortable, I think Eleanor sort of came over and was just like, don't worry, I'll talk to you because, you know, everyone's running around and being chaotic. So, mm. I was like, awesome. Yeah. Um, so, I think that was pretty nice. Um, and yeah, that was that was the start of that friendship. So since you have re-entered each other's lives, I have it on good authority that you had a couple of drunk conversations with each other, which is <laughs> probably the first in-depth conversation besides, you know, this right now mm. where you've spoken about the past. What were they about? How did they go? I think I just remember the one in like, where I was just like, I had all this guilt build up from like mm. me thinking that I'd emotionally traumatized Sam by yeah. putting all my emotional problems on him in year nine, like five years ago. And I was mm. like, I'm so sorry for everything I've done. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, it's actually okay. I don't, yeah, it was, I don't I mean, it was surprising because I, yeah. I didn't know that you felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'd been holding on to it for years and I think I thought it was worse than it was. And I thought mm. I'd like killed his emotions well, I'm glad and ruined you said him. Something. <laughs> But I think, yeah. you know, when you're drunk, it comes out. So it did. Yeah. It's weirdly a good therapeutic thing to do, I guess, yeah, it was in good. some situations. But did you find it surprising what Paige had said to you? Yeah, very much. I mean, I just didn't know that, like, you'd sort of felt that way or hung on to it at all. So I probably didn't know either until I was drunk yeah, and looked at you true. and was like, oh, I've um, ruined him. Yeah. But also, I guess, just the the difference in the way that I saw it to the way you saw it was quite stark as well. Like 
that, that I mean, at least your like run in with mental illness is that was the first like run in that I'd had as well. Even though like I wasn't experiencing it, it was like the first time I was introduced to like depression, anxiety, that kind of stuff. Um, and so, I mean, it was, it was probably a good thing that I learned that earlier as well, because there was, um, like plenty of moments like in the, in between in like that five year, six year gap where I've used some of my other friends have, I've been depressed or, or even I've started to like feel a bit, you know, unwell. So that it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Just threw you in the deep end and you then did, you like but- learnt. Learnt quickly. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Do you think speaking to Sam at those parties helped you come over some sort of stress or anxiety that you were holding on to? Yeah, I think especially when you showed up surprisingly and I didn't realise you were going to be there. Mm. I think after that I felt like I'd like embarrassed myself enough in front of you for it to be like completely past. Like I was yeah. like, all right, I lost my dignity now. Like now we can be friends again. It's fine. And it was evidently like very clear to me that it was okay and you still didn't mind if I embarrassed myself or like <laughs> didn't, it wasn't an issue. So I was like, cool, we're fine. Mm. And you've got years of friendship and care about each other that mm. you know, yeah. you're strong enough together for that to be okay. Yeah. Okay. So we know the synopsis of your teenage romance. I have just a few final questions to reflect on your relationship together. So the first one is... What do you think that relationship has taught you? I don't know. I think it kind of taught me not to like to work out because I had to reevaluate like my friendships with men because mm. I think I would date men if they were friendly with me, even if we were just friends. Mm. And I think this was like part of many experiences where I had to reevaluate that. And it kind of like made me like focus on that a bit more and realize that it probably would have been easier if I knew that from the beginning mm. that like you can't actually just be friends with a guy and not True. like date them, you know? Yeah, I feel that actually. Mm. That's a good, that's definitely something that I did probably didn't know very well before. Yeah. Well, we both went mm. to like, you went to a boy's school and I went to a girl's school. Yeah, so like help. we're both just like, oh, boys and girls, let's go together. Yeah, that's <laughs> we very <date>. true. <laughs> this one's nice to me. We must date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are the rules. <laughs> But I think it definitely taught me, like, that you can still have a wholesome, like, friendship with a man without having to, you know, do sex. <laughs> without having to do sex. So you don't have to do sex with the man. Exactly. Yeah, you're here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Huge lesson. I'm still learning it, yeah. to don't be honest. Do, sex. do you think you can be friends with an ex? Yep. Yep. Do you think it's beneficial you guys having this chance come back together at this housewarming, do you think that's made your lives better? I mean, I think so. <laughs> um, I Like I definitely like was pretty, although it was like just sort of thrown on me in the Uber that I was going to like reconnect <laughs> with all of you guys again. I think there was definitely like an element of like, oh, that's really cool because I obviously very much enjoyed being friends with you guys back when. So. Um, to have a second shot of that was pretty cool. I think. Mm. Yeah, I think it's been good. Final question. This podcast is called Thank You X and we like to focus on thankfulness and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd like to thank the other four? I want to thank you for being like as patient with me as you were when I was like 
I think I was a bit chaotic mentally, even though I mm. might not have been, you know, physically or like showing it maybe. Mm. Um, but you were really patient with me and kind and you kind of showed me how to take a step back and listen to people properly, which yeah. was really nice. So, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for You're nothing. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, <thanks for> <laughs> I guess like that that was sort of the first like friendship that I had with like a female, which was pretty cool. Um, and when you, when you just have like a lot of guy friends, you tend to sort of, um, gravitate in a certain way, especially in, like, um, in the patriarchal world we live in. Um, so I think some of the, the values that I have now, probably a lot of them would have come, um, from me spending time with you, which is, you know, I'm like eternally grateful for that. Like I look at some people and I'm like, God, I'm so, I don't know where I went right. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's nice. So <laughs> nice. That's really nice. Um, and also I think I wouldn't have been the kind of person to sort of write letters or look inward or do anything like that. So I think I definitely learned a lot of that from you. Nice. Um, Huge. Like, we love yeah. that. So a lot of my, yeah, emotional intelligence, I think you taught me. Good. So I love thanks. emotional intelligence. So yeah. I'm glad. I'm into Very that. important. We love looking <laughs> inward and that's a really nice mm. way to say it. Mm. Well, that's, that's the end of the questions I have to ask you. But thank you so much for being vulnerable and thank you for being here and I really appreciate both of you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it has been. It's been good. Phase one of the podcast is complete and we're jumping straight back in to our final section where I sit down with counselling psychologist Marie-Claire. Marie-Claire is the perfect person for the job today as she has experience working with adolescents, adults and couples to support and assist them in finding their way through a broad range of issues. So without further ado, let's jump straight back in. Thank you so much for joining me, Marie-Claire. You're welcome. We're going to be talking about some of the themes of this podcast episode with the lovely Sam and Paige. Mm -hmm. So their story started many years ago when they were adolescents riding the wave of schoolwork and being new to dating and relationships in general. Mm -hmm. And it's no secret that this age group in particular face many different challenges to achieve high results or to juggle their crazy social life and new relationships. Yes. So my first question is um, being a young adolescent if your partner is dealing with stress, how can you help them? Well, um, the best thing you can do to support them is to um, ask them how you can support them and mm. be there for them in any which way they feel comfortable. So it could be that you just sit next to them and you hold their hand or um, you talk about the problem. I think with adolescent girls, talking is a good thing. Mm. I like it. Or you can just leave them alone if they need space. I mean, it depends on what the person who's go going through the stress wants or needs or feels, mm. if they know how they need it, yeah. Mm. It's very simple at the end of the day, but yeah. one of the hardest things to learn. It's, it's simple but it's hard to do because I guess, you know, as you're going through stress you're also reacting a lot and the other person mm. might find that they're reacting to your reactions and so you end up um, maybe fighting or 
Um, so it's it's just sort of a, for the person that's not under stress, I guess the job for them is to just to, to go, hey, I'm here. What do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? Absolutely. Mm. So in this episode, we spoke briefly about parents and being a first relationship, parents are often involved a lot more than, say, adult relationships. They're still living at home. We're sharing the same space. And sometimes this can cause conflict between a child who may want some privacy when experimenting with their first romance and a parent that just wants to take care of and protect their child. Do you have any advice for adolescents to help set up boundaries with their parents? Mm, I think, again, communicating if if one can, because it depends on the parental style as well. You know, some parents mm. are more receptive to talking than others or negotiating. Mm. Um, so it's the, the adolescent doesn't have as much power at that age as, say, an adult would. Um, but the best thing I think the adolescent can do initially is to just sit down with the parent and say, okay, well, try to, trying to understand it from the parent's point of view, what is it? Because usually from the parent's point of view, it's about safety. And from the teenager's point of view, it's, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm entitled to experiment, you know, I, I love this person or I like this person or, you know, they need to be more independent, they're struggling to, to be more adult-like, um, and so they they want uh, some trust from the parent, um, mm. and so I guess the negotiation will be from the teenager's point of view and from the parent. Look, what are you prepared to um, to let me do? You know, mm. is it all right if he or she comes home and we can spend time in our rooms, or what is it that you're scared mostly? And you know, I promise I'll won't go there, or you know, like there has to be some appreciation of each other's situation and, again, negotiate and compromise. Something that I wanted to flag Mm. with you is the accuracy of memory. So as we know, our memories are far from perfect. And in the podcast we were able to hear some interesting moments where one of them had an exaggerated memory uh, that was throwing harsh judgment on themselves or their actions when the other may not even remember yes. the event at all. Yeah, yeah. So both of them have encoded that particular incident in a different way, so they're going to have a different memory of it. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so she obviously felt that she was being bothersome and giving him a mm. hard time even though he didn't feel that at all, but she made those assumptions anyway. Mm. Um, which is very easy to do. It happens all the time, you know, you feel. And so as time goes by, that's how she remembered it, that she was being mm. hard on him or she gave him a hard time and he's he's probably never given it a second thought. And then forgotten and about, about it completely. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of reassuring in a way that your perception isn't the end or be all and sometimes you can really distort your own memories with your emotional trauma or perspective oh, on yourself. Oh, absolutely. It happens all the time. That's why it's so important to to uh, um, to talk about it with the other person if you feel that that's what's happening inside you. So had she said to him, um, you know, I feel that I'm putting a lot of pressure on you, but, of course, we're expecting them to be adults and they're not. Um, if you, mm. you know, I feel like I've put a lot of pressure on you. I'm really sorry. Tell me. And he would say, no, nah, this is okay with me. That's that's good. 
you know, I don't mm. really feel that. Maybe she wouldn't have continued to remember that in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the beautiful things about this relationship in particular is they went from a time where they didn't have the communicative skills to talk That's to right. each other. Um, and then five or six years later, I mean, there's a story of them being drunk at a party where they're able to talk about it together. So lovely. <laughs> so lovely in the strangest yeah. way that, you know, alcohol could play that part in allowing them to say something that one of them have been holding on to for a long time. No, oh, alcohol has its uses. <laughs> Absolutely. They say you never forget your first love. Is this true and why do you think that is? Well, yeah, I think it is true. Um, it's hard to forget your first love because your first love typically happens when you're in adolescence age and that's when you're hormonally um, sensitised to feeling very intense feelings. Interesting. Um, and, you know, because your prefrontal lobe is not functioning properly, which is the, you know, the sensible part. <laughs> So your adolescents are running on just, you know, primitive kind of emotions, which are very intense. And also it's the first time they feel it. So that will be even more intense. And we know from memory that, with memory, that when you combine an event with heightened emotions, you're going to remember that the most. Mm. And that's done because it's a survival instinct because Obviously, the brain has said, if you feel that strongly, it must be very important, so you'll have to remember it. Absolutely. So this is the final question. So according to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, almost one in seven or 13.9% of children and adolescents aged four to 17 years were assessed as experiencing mental health disorders in the previous 12 months. Mm. It's very high, it's isn't it? Very high. And it feels as though mm. mental health is becoming more common. Is that the case? Are mental health disorders on the rise? Well, there are different theories. Some people say yes, um, due to other theories like, you know, social media mm. and um, isolation. I mean, teenagers, as social media becomes more and more of a thing in their lives, what they don't realise is they're also being more socially isolated by it. True. And as we know with humans, we're social beings mm. and we need people around us. You know, all the studies done on well-being in countries, for example, cultures that um, have smaller communities in which people are together and live close by and um, have daily interaction and support are much happier. I guess you can think that texting your friend is the same as seeing your friend and giving them a hug, but it's just not. Well, we need touch. Mm. Touch is part of that interaction. So I think that as social media becomes more and more prominent and people are in their rooms just texting and communicating via that, well, yes, the communication needs are being met, but really your social needs are not really being met mm. in, in a three-dimensional way. Mm, definitely. And that may cause... Depression, also the the cyberbullying that happens. Absolutely, yeah. But also there might be that kids are more aware and 
are more likely to reach out and so we have a higher statistics. Mm, that's true. Well, that was my last question from the podcast, but thank you so much for your expertise and your advice and your wealth of knowledge. I really appreciate you uh, answering the questions I had today. It's been fun, actually. Oh, your mind now. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of the Thank You X podcast. If your ears like the beautiful music playing right now, congratulations, you have good taste. The music for this podcast is made by the endlessly talented band Velvet Bloom based right here in Melbourne. Be sure to look them up on Spotify and share the love. Big thank you also to Paige and Sam for sharing their story with me and Marie Claire for her time and expertise. If you have an ex, a story, and would like to be featured on the podcast, let me know by DMing me, Grace Warden, on Instagram. That's all from me. Thank you so much and bye-bye.